Right now at Kohl's, take an extra 25% off top active brands, including Under Armour for her. Get Nike shoes for the family, $48.75 and under, and save on Levi's denim for the family. Plus, get limited contact store drive up, and get even more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. 25% off Under Armour ends August 9th. Nike ends August 8th. Levi's sale ends August 30th. Offers and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hats Off is an edutainment podcast that is in no way a substitute for clinical assessment, diagnosis, and treatment. The views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and their guest. Mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. But sometimes we have to get real. And that's when we say, hats off. What's poppin'? Hi guys, hatheads, what's going on? You really didn't do your intro. I'm kind of disappointed. What did I, oh my, pew, 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 pew. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, should try it again. Let's try it again. Okay. And scene. Action. Hello, pew, hello. Pew, 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 pew. What's poppin', hatheads? Courtney tried to come in real dry <laughs> on this Sunday. My bad, my bad. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and we're super excited because we have an awesome guest, yes. and we're going to introduce her in just a moment, um, but it's your peoples, Courtney and Earl, checking in. How was your week? How I had an you? interesting little week. You did. I, huh, I had a little interesting little week. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we, are we updating yet? No? Uh, okay. All right. For the, for the. So Courtney my pod, is very read, much so the read off just today. Literally just started playing for no reason. But anyway, you wilding today? Was, I, no, I was not touching it. Accountability. It okay. I guess anyway, all right. But no, a little update. Oh, I've been doing a little dating thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, stepping, mm-hmm. stepping out of the backs, That's hanging, fine. chilling. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, it is fun because if you all know from the past. A few months ago, I was going on some hell dates. I felt like they, MTV was bringing it back. Right. And, uh, but, yeah. So there's a little bit of sunlight. Yeah, I but like yeah. it. I've been very impressed and proud of you. But you've also been very aggressive. So Courtney what? tried to make me speak to somebody in church who that just was not no, where my spirit was, was going. I was trying to make you aware that he very much had energy towards you. But my energy. First walked in, I was like, he cute. You should say something. But then I was like, well, he obviously wants to speak to you. No, no, y'all. This is Courtney's, like, Courtney's trying to play a game. He here. was like hugging on you and your mama. Like, sir, okay, he was so. doing a lot. Courtney likes to blend the truth. So we're going to tell <laughs> what happened. Because oh, everybody has different perspectives. What? Courtney, you know, the pastor say greet folk and everything. Mm-hmm. I do a casual hello. I don't like to be touched too much. So I do, you know, a little thing. But Courtney's like, you should really speak to the young man behind you. And I was like, I, I did. No, but you should really, like, turn around and, and speak to him and, and really talk to him. messing with my friends. Right. 
But then halfway towards but the end. But then after that, I moved back because he uh, was like uh, leaned over your seat and hugging. So he, y'all. the pastor said, just hug your neighbor and tell him thank you for coming. And he hugged my mother. And then like and I was, swooped him in. Like, no, Alicia, like <laughs> scooped him in. And I was looking like, all right. But you owed it to him. Yeah, because I'm messing with you because it gets on your nerves and I love it. She's talking about, I just feel like his spirit. Uh-uh. Oh, no, but we talked about it. It's not a thing. It's fine. Nah. What church do you guys go to? Movement. by uh, It's off Carowinds Exit, Exit 90. Oh. Pastor mm-hmm. Lathan Wood. Yeah. Okay. Like it's a, it's a young church. It like is. Range about 20. Pastor just turned 42 weeks ago, so it's real. Nice. And he a, a mess. Right. A whole mess, but a good mess. Right. That. Absolutely. But no. Courtney trying to hook up people, and I'm trying to just hear the word of the Lord so oh, I can make okay. it through one more week. Well, why? So it, it's okay to meet men in bars, but not in the house of the Lord? I'm sorry. Are you trying to read? I'm just saying, like, shouldn't we want to meet men in the house of the no, Lord? No, we should. Okay. But we shouldn't force it in the I house of the Lord. We're not forcing it. I was just making I need the Lord to do that, not you, I wasn't my friend. sure you had seen him, so I was just making I seen him, him last week. But see, I didn't know that. I wasn't there. Because, be, you know, I've been struggling with, you know, traveling, trifling. <laughs> so I haven't been in a few weeks. TNT. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. TNT, traveling and trifling. So All I've right. missed some weeks. I wasn't unaware. I mm-hmm. wasn't aware. Sorry. All right. How are you doing? I'm good. Mm-hmm. I, it's been a tough week. Um, I had a friend. Um, we lost a friend to domestic violence um, on Saturday wow. of last week. Um, and so just, you know, supporting the family and trying mm-hmm. to wrap your mind around that. And, yeah, yeah so that's been a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm off for the summer. Praise the Lord. So I don't have, like, the rigor of working with the students. So I'm just doing a little private practice, and I kind of chilled. Carter finished his last week of first grade. All right, Carter, second grade. I know. My Boy genius. is about to be in the second grade. It's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, so other than that, it's, that's really kind of what my week was like. Earl put me on the cloak and dagger. I did. Have you watched that? Mm-mm. Do you yes. watch, like, superhero-y type of? I'm not a big TV fan. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I like to read. Gotcha. Yeah. They and movies. A, so they got the comics. Mm-hmm. But it's a... Um, it's a pretty good show. Um, oh, yeah. It's interesting. It's a black male and a white female, but they both have, like, it's like a yin-yang type power. Like, mm-hmm. his powers are shadowy and hers are, like, light, but they don't do the opposite. Like, he's from a middle-class family while she's more so, like, poverty-stricken where she Her was higher class drugs, when she right. was younger, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. They did a good they dynamic. They the racism well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the microaggressions, the overt racism. Yeah. They, they actually address it in a really good way, I think. He's on a freeform channel where grown-ish... That's for grown-ish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, grown-ish. So, yeah. yeah. I like Freeform. Yeah, Freeform is a good platform. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's all. That was all my week. So, now we're going to tip our hat to Miss Alicia and let her introduce herself, and then you can tell us how you've been this week. Okay. Um, my name's Alicia. I had an up-and-down week. It was kind of a rough week. So, um, we had a family friend pass away yesterday, mm. so it's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I am a therapist here in Charlotte, um, doing private practice, working at Build Endurance, um, and then I teach part time at UNC Charlotte and Winthrop University. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, and then I, I co-host Two Elephants in the Room, which is also a mental health podcast. So it's good to be here. Yes, it's check so it out. Good. Y'all. Check it out. There will be a link in the bio. So Appreciate yeah, that. so we are here. Um, oh, and you're gonna tip your hat to your oh, co-host. Oh yes, 
I'll tip my hat to Miss Erin. Um, the other half, the creative elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Erin brings a lot to our show. I bring my humor, <laughs> and Erin brings everything else. So I'll tip my hat to her. Hi, Erin. All right, so we just kind of wanted to talk, you know, with all the things that happened this week um, with Anthony Bourdain and um, Kate Spade. You know, the conversation of mental health is ongoing. Kofi um, Sirabo also released, like, a short film mm-hmm. called What the Fuck is Mental Health um, mm. that was really interesting. Um, oh, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and so I think, you know, there's still just so much stigma. Like, people keep talking about the stigma. And there was something I saw that was, like, when people are struggling, they're not calling a number. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to know the numbers, to provide the suicide prevention numbers and all of those things. But when people are in their deepest, darkest hours and in yeah. deep pain, they're not like, oh, let me pick up the phone. Because usually those people have people. Mm-hmm. And so if they wanted to pick up a phone and reach out, they could do that to, like, their friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's this... um Hesitation. This hesitation, but also this belief that, like, people who get to that space are, like, isolated and alone and nobody, you know, like, loves them and they don't have anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's usually not the truth. They're usually very well covered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to just talk a little bit about, you know, mental health in the black community. Um, And I think we have to own how our stigma developed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think when you look at black people as a whole, like Earl and I have talked about this on the podcast before, you know, when you go, when we go home, when you look at, you know, people in Africa, a lot of those cultures are very open and connected and they, mm-hmm. you know, practice Ubuntu, which mm-hmm. is like everybody come together and mm-hmm. be like, something's wrong with this person. We have to stop everything we're doing and show up person. for this person. Yeah. So in our genes, in our nature, mm-hmm. we do that. So something happened here, <laughs> slavery. Um, <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert, slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, things happened here that made us believe that that is no longer how we should move through the world. And so mm-hmm. I think we have to own that story and then tell people what is different, what has changed. Slavery, I mean, capitalism. I mean, just this idea right. that, like, you don't need people mm-hmm. um, because you don't really see that in other cultures like you see it in ours, like, in other cultures, as the family members get older, they get taken care of. It's not mm-hmm. a question. In the Indian culture, like, the grandparents live there. Right. And the grandparents let the parents parent, but they still help, mm-hmm. and the parents take care of them. You know, so it's just we, you know, we got a little a little ways to go. Right. We're just very fractured mm-hmm. on a lot of different levels. And secretive. Right. Like, we right. have this whole mindset of... We don't want nobody to know. Okay, what happens in-house stays in-house. But sometimes things need to be right. brought least, out yeah, so we absolutely. can get the help because if, if we knew it all, we wouldn't be having problems that we got to right. keep in-house. Right. right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Now, Alicia, you went to... You got your MSW at HBCU, or is mm-hmm. that Aaron? That was you. Um, from Howard. From yeah. Howard, because um, Earl and I got our MSWs from a from PWI. Okay. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering what I was gonna say is I noticed that we didn't really talk about the history and the like, the bigotry in the mental health field. Like mm-hmm. I learned about that on my own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean about 
how, you know, originally mental health, like, you know, therapy and stuff was just for rich white men. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, women weren't getting, like, women were hysterical and right. they were using that to sexually assault women, really. Yeah. Um, and black people were just needed to be locked up. Or mm-hmm. test subjects. Or test subjects, yeah. right. Um, but I don't feel like we really dove into that in school. Did you get that? Like, did y'all dive in? So we did. We had um, our... When I was at Howard, our president um, of the program was from South Africa, mm-hmm. so he would take us um, during spring break, take mm. us to South Africa oh, wow. for two weeks. And I mean, you had to apply and all that, right, but it was right. like paid for. Mm. And we studied um, social work from a global perspective. Oh, wow. And then he talked about just a lot of the history. So it was very, um, one of my best friends from high school went to Howard undergrad and I always like, clown her because I'm like they brainwash you there but I got there and I'm like okay it really is this idea of the African diaspora it really is this idea of um, we're here for our people you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and not for anybody else Um, which uh, I mean you know we got to be there to help everybody but they really teach us from the perspective from the perspective of um, black people do need help like our professors were all like sitting on boards and working for the FBI and they were just very well connected and very inspiring mm-hmm. and so I went to a predominantly white school undergrad mm-hmm. and and got my BSW and I had one black professor and he was in psychology right so it was just a very different which was why I went to Howard for grad school it was such a different experience for me mm-hmm. going from a predominantly white school to a historically black Absolutely, yeah. How did you, like, because you went through the program after me, so maybe you mm-hmm. even had a different experience. So I will say due to Dr. Huggins, mm-hmm. we – She's good. Sh- mm-hmm. We talked, you know, we talked about the red line. Like, we talked – she went in detail. And I, to me, I was more so looking at some of my classmates like, how did y'all not – you know, they didn't know about, like, right. the different, like, agri- uh, overt or covert and overt racism of housing when people come back from the war like Mm -hmm. redline they just did not know even the idea of white privilege right and i mean i i always say this i'm like you have a concept of your own and i mean she did a great job and i will say you know i got my psychology degree Mm -hmm. from undergrad and went up and i will say the psych department has a lot of diverse like women that's awesome different like intersectionality so i learned things there but i also have to contribute a lot of things to my mom and my mm, grandma like we, right. I told you I've always brought about like we had lessons mm-hmm. like in school versus now I don't feel like a lot of kids learn a lot about right. African American history mm-hmm. or any type of history in general related to people of color mm-hmm. um, so a lot of the things I did know from childhood just because we had our own lessons at home mm-hmm. yeah. but most of my classmates they were just like I didn't know this exists I'm just like mm-hmm. and it's interesting so I I didn't have so in in my family we didn't have that where we talked about it at home, right? Mm-hmm. But now, you know, my husband and I are, ex- are expecting twins, and he's very much like he's going to teach them how because he can read and write music, and he's mm-hmm. going to we're going to do all these things. I'm like, man, this is great. He's going to teach them how to garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't have that, but then it's been the opposite for me because I teach at Winthrop, um, and uh, not there. I'm going to tell a lie. At another school that I teach at, mm-hmm. my white students are very much. I know my privilege, mm-hmm. um, and I want to work to help marginalized groups. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been very different. But yes, when I teach at Winthrop, the students are very. I'm, I'm always like, man, they live in like 
I was gonna say, do you think shell. it's geographical? Because I think a lot the other of school you teach in is in Charlotte. Yes, and and black folks is here. Like yes. Charlotte is it's like so and, different, and we we're not gonna be quiet. Like we just right. like we yeah. just different here, and it's weird being in North Carolina. It is. Which is <laughs> it's weird being in the South. We, yeah, in the South, place. but then in Charlotte. Because mm-hmm. Charlotte's very And I wonder, because I'm like, I wonder if it's because Winthrop, you know, it's considered like an international university. It like is? It's, it, I get Because we have a lot. That's our, what they say. They have a lot of Because we have a lot of. I love Winthrop. Don't yeah. get me wrong. They mm-hmm. treat me good there. The yeah. staff treats me great. Right. But I think about like the size. Like I thought it was a small It's private. a small school, but it's like we have mm-hmm. a lot of transfer or like oh. students from exchange. Like we have a lot of um, students from China mm-hmm. or France. We are a big exchange school. Okay. And then, but we have the highest like graduation rate for African-American students. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is, there's some blocks there's between some, blocks some students where you're just like, how do you not know this one if you're from the South? I don't understand how they yeah. are not aware of certain things, but I will I agree. It was like half and half. Some of the students here did know they were from another place, like they were from the South, and they might mm-hmm. they were aware of things, or they were older. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The but, older suit. My older students know, but right, the, right. The ones like out of high school that I teach, like, they mm-hmm. were looking at me like I was crazy. Right. I was like, I know these kids, and so when my boss, Doctor, I don't know if you know Doctor um, Corey yes, Bloomquist. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. She's her. my. I think. I think her and Monique are my bosses, but <laughs> she's like, yeah, your students love you. And I'm like, do they? Because I, you know, I'm very honest with them and I'm very mm-hmm. much like, hey, if you want to be a change agent, like you have to be open. Right. Like, you have to know about these things that you may not have grown up with. You have to acknowledge mm-hmm. that your mom and daddy might be racist. Mm-hmm. Like those are things that you, you can't go through this program and not yeah. acknowledge those things. Right, right. So what do you feel like is on from a historical perspective, like, what do you feel like the most important things for them to know in order to become a change agent? Like, what are the, like, this story, you need to know this happened, this happened, like, what have you said? I think it's hard for me because I don't teach. So I teach human behavior. Mm -hmm. So I don't teach about, I don't teach history Mm -hmm. or the history of social work um, at that school. At UNC Charlotte, though, I teach intro to social work, mm-hmm. and we do talk about history. Right. Um, and the Tuskegee experiment mm-hmm. is one that we bring up. Right. Um, as well as just, like, all of the testing they would do on the prisoners. Yes. Um, and the prisoners, you know, not having anywhere to go, not having a choice, mm-hmm. just kind of going along with it. Mm-hmm. And then we talk, too, about um, how even when people would die, when slaves would die in the past, like, using their bodies mm-hmm. for experiment without mm-hmm. any type of consent. So now we sign these consent forms that we say, oh, I'm going to be an organ donor. But mm-hmm. it wasn't always like that. Right. right. Um, yeah. So I do talk about it from that perspective in that course. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something important to, for people to understand is like ethics is all like always evolving mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so people will do things. Like I remember that um, weird experiment with the little boy and the bunny and they made him afraid of bunnies yes. and they made him afraid of cotton and they made him afraid of like all yes. white things. Yeah. Albert. Albert. And I remember watching yeah. it like, what happened to this baby? Like who right. let this baby? And where's baby? your mama? That's right. what I was like, who did that? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking like back then, I guess you just could do, do whatever you wanted with 
with babies. Like, you know. Kind of like now. You know how they kind of just shoot us and then right. just kind of get off. It's kinda exactly. Mm-hmm. The same thing. There's just no accountability. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that ethics is going to catch up because I feel like that's been <laughs> happening so long. We should get it by now. Either. My grandma's but, like, I don't know why you're so shocked. She was like, the only difference is like now y'all have more access. I was like, yeah. Right. The difference now is that we're putting it on video, which apparently doesn't matter. Yeah. You no. know what I mean? Before they were just stringing us up in our yards, but even with video, it's still not enough for us Mm -hmm. to be considered um which i think is fascinating like there's so much um history that i think people need to understand around how we got here Mm -hmm. as black people um when you talk about like even like the systemic racism around like housing Mm -hmm. and around um public assistance and Mm -hmm. how you know one of the goals was to you know decimate the family unit yeah um you can't your brother can't live here your husband can't live Mm -hmm. here if you got a husband why do you need aid right if you're gonna have a husband you can't have aid. you know what i mean like um even the war on drugs oh yeah even the war on drugs slash crack i like to show a lot of documentaries and um I make all my students watch 13th now. I've built it into mm-hmm. the human behavior curriculum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And yeah. um, <laughs> one of my students was like, I've never heard of this. And I was like, well, we'll all learn together today. <laughs> right. So for the right. past two semesters, I've been showing that. And when we finish, I have them do like these questions, uh, answer these questions. And they're like, I just never knew. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot. Right, right, right. And that's what blows me because it's like we have so much public information. display information right. museums, mm-hmm. yeah. And yet the same routine is happening. Like we have a whole museum in D.C., mm-hmm. Alabama, mm-hmm. everywhere right. where the you can just out there. Yeah, like you can see this information. Yeah, but I told you when I went to D.C., I recently went to. I took my son to D.C. for a few days, mm-hmm. and there were at least fifty kids with "Make America Great Again" hats on in the really? African American Museum. Like, it, it it must have been a gift that my child was with me. Because I don't know if I had been with all adults if I'd have been able to do it. Like, really? Yeah, like standing in I'm line really I mean, to the go White into House the Emmett Till Memorial with a bucket hat that says Make America Great Again. Like, what, co- what color were these children? Oh, what? they were all white. Oh, these were all white children. Oh, they all yeah. probably came from like a... Oh, I did two schools. I looked them up because I mm-hmm. emailed the school systems because I was like, well, this is fucked up. And let me, you know, put on yeah. my very professional voice <laughs> and start typing fast about yeah. what your school looks like out here in the streets. Um, and the adults that you sent with them because kids can do what they're allowed to do. Absolutely. So why the hell weren't the adults like, take that shit off? Like, you can't wear And why did it here. take someone getting angry and confronting yeah. you to tell the kids, oh, right. well, take, you might want to take this off. Right. One lady did say something to a little girl. She, I mean, they were like middle school, high school kids. But she was like, it's disrespectful for you to wear that hat in here. Um, and so they took it off to go, that group took them off to go into the memorial for Emmett Till. But then they put that them right back on when just, they walked out. Like, I'm Oh, I was floored. Away. I was floored. Wow. But, I mean, I think that's the, that's the problem. Like, um, Brene Brown says that privilege is the ability to opt out. Hmm. Like, you can walk through here and walk through this struggle, see these hanging bodies, walk on the wood that used to make a slave ship. Look at how they used to line them up Mm -hmm. like crops. And it doesn't affect you because they don't look like you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what privilege is, the ability to see something and be like, oh, I don't want to have to feel about this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to because it's not my stuff. Um, And I think that's what people don't tend to understand. But we'll do it for an animal all the time mm. that's what blows me yeah. i yeah. talked about this at work the other day if you're able to 
compare a human life to that of an animal. I right. like animals too, mm-hmm. right. but I'm not going to say save this animal when it's a whole child right. or adult getting killed. Like right. so quick to hop up about a dog being right. mistreated or some yep. type of animal. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, it's an animal, but their life, their longevity is not like that of a human. Right. Mm-hmm. We think it's in 15 years compared right. to someone that could live to 107. Right. Mm-hmm. Why are we playing games? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think there's just the last, um, incident they showed that got like some press was the little boy the 10 year old who was outside his grandmother's house mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and the cops mm-hmm. stopped him for playing <laughs> and he like they handcuffed him and he like was so scared he urinated on himself mm-hmm. it was horrible it was so horrible and one of my mm-hmm. white friends posted it and was like this is the problem like this is a problem like he was just like and <laughs> i went in her comment i was like don't do it don't go in her comments but I went to her comments, and this dude was just talking, and she was like, "It's a, you know, it's a ten-year-old boy." Like he was just in his on yard. and on about, you know, well, you know, for cop safety, they handcuff people to make sure they don't have any guns. And she was like, "It's a ten-year-old boy." Like literally everything he said. But she how do you like, stop so someone in their boy. on their property, right? Playing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure if he's ten, he probably flipping around, right. probably fighting the what air. Looked yeah. like he was suspicious and what looks like he would have it's hot right so where <laughs> where is he hiding a gun right and it was like new orleans so it's hot as hell it's hot yeah. as hell but no i think I there's just n- this lack of humanizing that they are willing to do for us and you know and aaron and i talked about this on one of these episodes like when you sign up to be a cop you sign up knowing that you're signing up for a dangerous job right so i'm really i'm getting kind of like a little confused about what they're telling the trainees mm-hmm. like do you think do you think this is not a dangerous job you <laughs> right. know what i mean that's just mm-hmm. like somebody joining the military and saying but i don't want to go to war like this is a this is a byproduct of the job that you chose right absolutely. so the more that they keep saying that cops don't feel safe and they're scared like you are the one with the weapon and what right. kind of training you have are the you right in? yeah right. like you have the right to carry the weapon so that's mm-hmm. yeah that's been kind of and why are you yeah. only afraid when it's a person that's has melanin right and i actually yeah. just don't believe it i don't no. i'm very much like oh you want to be racist mm-hmm. like i just really am in that because how are you afraid when it is three of you right mm-hmm. and it's one person who is unarmed right what right. are you afraid of right and how exactly. is it i just want to know when our taser's coming back absolutely there's <laughs> and like i always bring thing. this up yeah. you remember in the early mm-hmm. 2000s there was always these cases of they too used they were tasing too much mm-hmm. when did we put the tasers up and now Guns. You're shooting everybody black, but I if it's remember. a white person who is a, physically fighting you, right. you are able to put them down right. or tase them. Or people them. who have shot up a school and killed multiple people with an yeah. assault rifle, we can somehow peacefully get them to and fro. To the car. You know, get them to the car, get them to the courthouse, make sure they get a sandwich. But you if they know. flinch in black, right. it's four shots. Absolutely. It, it yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. Well, you know, they say only, you know, it's when when caucasian people attack and shoot it's because they have mental health issues right yeah we don't have mental health issues no we're we're Americans. we're thugs and gangsters and, and terrorists yeah absolutely so what do you feel like is the responsibility of people of color mm-hmm. in regards to their mental health due to what we know of our history and of the history of how we've been treated and how the mental health has treated us so I just, I, you know, my my purpose in life until I take my last breath or until I don't, you know, believe in the power of change anymore, anymore is to decrease the stigma, right? Mm-hmm. So because there's so much stigma, it really stops us from when we know something's going on, mm-hmm. not saying anything. I get really bothered when I meet people and they talk about this idea of perfection and yeah. how, you know, 
<laughs> and even my clients, I know they'd be like, this bitch is crazy. But um, <laughs> they come to me and they're like, yeah, because we have this perfect. Uh, and I'm like, perfection doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that's one of our issues. We're, we we really want other people to only see us in the in the good light. Right. Um, right. And so we will suffer. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We we ain't got no money, mm-hmm. but we, we're going to to flaunt and, and really pretend yeah. to, to put on for people that don't care right they have their own lives you know so i think really a huge part of our responsibility is being honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. um and saying like man something is off something is going on let me go and figure out what yeah right yeah um we complain we we have insurance and we complain about the cost of things Mm -hmm. but you invest in the things that you believe in right Mm -hmm. you know you don't hear people complaining about the cost of clothes and shoes you're going to buy one of my clients told me about a $300 type of hair situation. What? I don't do, do weave, but it's like the one that's all the oh, way the on your front. head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Front. Mm-hmm. She said it cost $300, and I was just looking at it, and I was like, I mean, do you have over $300 in your savings? It's just right. it's just our mentality of like wh- where things are supposed to go mm-hmm. and like what we're supposed to invest in, and I don't think we invest enough in ourselves versus right. the um, perception. Right. of ourselves like right. the presentation that mm-hmm. we present to mm-hmm. everybody else yeah i wonder if we know how because if you think about it like i remember yes. you know again coming from the museum there was like the pictures of the, like the slave the fancy pictures of the slaves mm-hmm. they were dressed really nice mm-hmm. but i'm sure nobody was like are you feeling like being a slave today mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying? like we were mm-hmm. taught to look a certain way and be mm-hmm. like when 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 company would come over the slaves would put on their good mm-hmm. clothes and you know be dolled Straighten up, up the house. And, right yeah. and so we know how to look good you know, I saw on mm-hmm. Facebook, it was an old ad, mm-hmm. I think from the 50s or 60s, but it was saying that, and of course they said Negroes, mm-hmm. were the best market mm-hmm. to sell to because they're going to buy the highest things to make them look like they're the highest up. Right. right. And it was like, if you someone walks through, you need to go to the Negro because they're going to be the one that... Um, buys it yeah. and I mean the video is crazy because like they show it's black and white and I'm just one I'm just like they had African American yeah. people and I mean of course it was like, I had to get my money so I'm, I'm sure they were going to be the right. actor yeah. but like just the thought of like if you want to make money you need to target African American people mm-hmm. because they are going to be the ones that's going to buy so they were talking about buying the flyest China um, when dishwashers first came out like mm-hmm. that's your target audience because right. they're going to mm-hmm. always want to look like they're more than what they are, even if it's their last dime. Right. Yep, right. I did this blue because I was like, that's still today. You know, that cliche keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. I, I hate that. Right. I hate that statement. Mm-hmm. But even so, the first time, yeah, the first time I went to um, Africa, I went to South Africa, I was doing HIV research, mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS research. I was seeing um, how women are treated in other countries compared to how they're being treated in the U.S. Um, and so during one of my stints, I was going out into a vi- village, Kailisha, and doing hospice visits. So these were people who were dying from AIDS, like living in the village. So go go in the village, you know, everybody's living in um, tents, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the center of each community is like a um, electronics hub. Mm-hmm. So like that's where everything was plugged in. Mm-hmm. And then I go from one tent to the next bodies in the bed you can only know this a body because flies are flying over mm. it it's so bad but they got flat screen tvs on the wall mm. um a big radio system like 
shoes lying in the floor. But I'm looking around for the antiretrovirals, the medication, no medication, Mm -hmm. no food, no water. Mm. And I remember coming back and I was like, yo, like this is not just an American thing. Like this is across the ocean. Mm. Like this this Mm -hmm. is just, so I was so like, wow, where is the medication? Right, right. Like why do we have, I was like, how do we even have how is the importance on having a flat screen TV when you can barely see? You can't, yeah. you, you can't, lift you can't get out of bed. You can't lift your head to get out of bed right now. And mm-hmm. this is what you have um, in your hood instead of medication and food and water. Right. Yeah. I was, that's interesting. Cause I was um, a while back. I listened to uh, Trevor Noah's audiobook, mm-hmm. and I, I knew about apartheid, um, but the, just the way he explained just how detailed it mm-hmm. was, like the fact that they, went around and studied racism from other places to make sure they had the best racism possible (laughs) um and the way that they sectioned it off and how they yeah how they treated everyone like i mean it was a total mind fuck like it was a total mind fuck and so i'm not shocked that they then have similar like they're how they see now mm-hmm. is similar to how we are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. something about when you were colonized mm-hmm. and who you are is stolen from you mm-hmm. and then your effort to try to figure it out and then what's shown to you, like, oh, well, you know, you don't know who you are. Let us show you who you are with right. advertising and, yeah. you know, these things. You're someone who wear, has a nice TV and you're someone who, yep. they don't show us, you know, taking our medicine and getting mm-hmm. our lives together. They don't show us Mm-mm. going to therapy mm-hmm. and getting well. They don't show us, you know, in the way we need to be. They show us in the way we want to be. And then we drink the Kool-Aid. We yeah. like pour extra sugar on that bitch because we black. We stir it real good. And then we sip it up. You know what I mean? And we, you know, kill ourselves in the process. You know what I mean? Like we hurt ourselves in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. What has been done to us and how we've gotten here. But that idea of, um, you know, perfection and facade, it's not just because I have, um, clients of other races oh, too, yeah. and it too. ain't it ain't just us. Oh, no, it's, no, no, and they got it in a totally different way. But it's definitely, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a American thing. I don't know, but we are really plagued by this idea of nothing can be wrong. Nobody mm-hmm. can know what's wrong. Um, my parents are like, my children can never know that I made a mistake, and I'm like, well, how do they learn? Mm-hmm. If they think that you make no mistakes, how do they? You know, so it's just it's a very interesting mindset, and. Somebody said to me the other day, like, unfortunately, you'll always have a job, Leash. And I'm like, oh, this I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And it is unfortunate, but mm-hmm. there will always be those of us who just take our times, like, getting well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's, I think it's a, a international issue at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you look at, um, like, the suicide rates in, like, China and mm-hmm. Japan are astronomical because people are, you know, trying to appear to be something, and then when the bottom falls out, they just, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? And I honestly don't even think it's new. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? When you think about in history in general, there's always been this idea of presenting that everything is fine. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, was it Mar- Marie Antoinette? Who was the one who was like, let him eat cake? Mar- that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so, like, people in France are starving to death, and yeah. she's like... <laughs> Like yeah. people don't know how to sit in pain. Oh yeah, because it's uncomfortable. It's so and I don't think people realize uncomfortableness creates change and right. growth. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
But you gotta, I mean, they don't, people have to really feel that. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I've been through this for this long. When is it gonna? And I'm like, this is why you're still in it because you're so focused on on the ending versus the process. Like sit and be where you are right now and just kind of move through it versus when am I, I can't see the end of the tunnel. Like when is this gonna end? Right. What are some ways y'all, um, what are some suggestions y'all have for people around like just beginning to be able to sit in your pain, just to touch it? I feel like people don't even know how to like start. Mm-hmm. Like say you're not in therapy, you just need to like acknowledge shit ain't okay. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I try to practice is like anti-denial. Mm. So a lot of us say things like, oh, this isn't happening. Oh, this isn't happening. Oh, versus like oh this shit is happening mm-hmm. and this is what it looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> it is ugly and it is brutal and I am feeling it and then just trying to like name or identify those feelings right. like I feel sad today I feel angry today like I, there's a feelings chart you can google but um, some of us feel like the only feelings are sadness mm-hmm. anger and happiness and I'm like there's a whole list of feelings right. like looking to see like where you are what it feels like and then t- on a scale of one to ten like okay this hurts this bad mm-hmm. i've had other things that hurt this bad but this is where i am mm-hmm. on the hurt mm-hmm. and this is what it makes me feel like doing right like really connecting it to something because it's very easy to say um i'm ashamed and i don't like it mm-hmm. versus i'm ashamed i don't like it and i also don't want other people to know that i'm ashamed right right, right. so connecting going past that surface yeah going past the fact that i'm just ashamed but like why don't you want to feel ashamed right yeah. like what what does that mean and what does that equal for you mm-hmm. um and then even if you don't want to do it with a therapist like doing it with a friend mm-hmm. yes. or doing it with a family member making it into a game like right writing it out people i i stopped using the word journaling because people have this idea of journaling but i'm like okay just write it in something write Mm -hmm. it inside of a planner you know what i mean Mm -hmm. challenge yourself track your moods Mm -hmm. you know you can track your moods without an app you can track your moods in a planner just Mm -hmm. see okay yesterday i felt today i feel a little better than yesterday i i'm still hurt Mm -hmm. but i'm not as hurt as i was yesterday right today i'm able to go to work and stay until seven you know, mm-hmm. I usually stay until nine, but at least I made it until seven. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to look at timelines and progress to show mm-hmm. ourselves that things are getting better um, versus just sitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think an important thing about what you're saying right now is creating time yes. and oh, space. Yeah. People never like I'm like, like you need a set amount of mm-hmm. time for you every day mm-hmm. like you, you know do. what I mean you cannot give your entire self away to every else. single day and think that that's not going to eventually come back you're gonna to be tapped out. you're going to be tapped out you have to be careful what type of people you are pouring into because in past yeah. state of the day like you're going to have leeches right mm-hmm. and you're right. going to get to the point when they finally rip off mm-hmm. you're nothing left you right. have nothing left and you have never taken the time to recharge or refuel right. or get poured into by others what, I mean the other thing too so it's funny because um, there's Every time people approach 30, I have a set of clients. Those approaching 30, those mm-hmm. approaching 40, approaching 50. It's always mm-hmm. it's something about, like, these milestone ages where people get kind of, like, thrown off. I don't right. know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm getting. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, well, what type of reflection have you done? Oh, I don't do any reflection. 
So how do you, I mean, this is why you don't know where you are and where you're going. Like, mm-hmm. if you haven't checked your process or you haven't said, this is where I was six months ago, this is where I want to be in a year from now, like, you, you're you right. You don't know. Yeah. You, you can't possibly um, have an idea of who you are. Or if you've been constantly comparing yourselves to other people and not making your own agenda, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're going to be in the space of who, I, who am I. Right, right. Right. And I think even knowing like our own history, like yeah. one of the things like um, Earl and I were talking a while back and I was like, you know, people don't know their birth story. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they don't know how they came into the world. Mm-hmm. Like and a lot of times when I'm working with clients and they're talking about this parent who can't love them or their parent can't be who they want them to be. And I'll be like, what do you know? about their story pre you Mm -hmm. like who were they before you Mm -hmm. because sometimes we want people to have all of this that they were never given and we're holding them to the expect expectation of what we need Mm -hmm. and not who they really are which is unfair or we want them to fulfill the goals that we were too afraid to do right Right. absolute parents tend to do that Mm -hmm. one a lot absolutely which i think is an important thing because alicia was like you know you talk to friends talk to parents talk to people who are living the life you want to live in regards to if you want to show up more authentically talk to people who are showing up more authentically people who aren't showing up who are going through the trials because you can that was going to be one of my things is if i know if i'm not feeling well or i don't want to do like you said how do you know when you're at the start Mm -hmm. of your journey Mm -hmm. look at the people who started and never finished right Mm -hmm. or never even started and that is a time to compare like do you want to be like that yeah. right. do you want to do the work or mm-hmm. do you want like you say do you want to actually get to the light absolutely i think too you know understanding that like we live in a world of choice mm-hmm. like that's one of the things whether you believe in god or whatever you believe in we all have the power of choice um and i remember telling one of my clients a while ago i said you've accepted the fact that you're depressed and you just like hanging out in that shit right um and not even the idea that depression is genetic or any of those things but just the idea that like you don't even want to you you've you've come to accept it so much you um don't want to take the step to come out of the Mm -hmm. depression Mm -hmm. because you're comfortable and because you've just accepted that that's just Mm -hmm. where you are so people understand too like we have we can make decisions right they're hard decisions they're uncomfortable decisions but it's a decision Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you know how to do depression, yeah. Like you know how to do sadness, yep. depression, mm-hmm. anxiety. Like people know how to do it's this an struggle. Easy mm-hmm. The idea of who will I be, what will I have if I'm not this struggle? Like we like to say, like I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. No, you are someone who struggles with depression. Yeah, you You're are not. Like you are not depression as, as you know mm-hmm. embodied. Um, because how like depressing is that like no pun intended actually um you know what i mean to just be embodied by it because then what's going to happen if you're not depressed anymore who are you Mm -hmm. and then people are afraid of that so they just like hunker down in it and just are like no i'm gonna be here forever yeah yeah or or you know the clients you say i'm gonna need therapy forever and i'm like are you you I mean, you sure you just don't want to like check in, right? Right, like, right. But again, it, it, some people it's this this dependency that's created. Mm-hmm. This I can't do this without you, and I'm like, no. Actually, my goal is for to work myself out of a job. Like, right. I don't want you to need me. We'll have situations that happen, but I don't want you to feel like you have to be sitting in front of a therapist every day for the remainder of your life because mm-hmm. that's not ideal. Like mm-hmm. you want to be able to build up some of your own skills, be good. Let's say a situation happens and you have to go back, but like being able to maintain and sustain on your own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever feel like there's a time where that 
isn't the case, like, you do need to, like, because of this, because you experienced this, mm-hmm. you are going to need to come ongoing. I just, I, I don't buy into the forever concept. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, there are people who need maintenance, ongoing mm-hmm. maintenance. I right. think about individuals with thought disorders. Yeah. Right? Explain what that is. Like, what does maintenance look like? Because I don't think people think, I don't think people know what maintenance should look like. So, like, there's a difference between um, having something acutely happen to you, which is very recent, um, short term, having something chronic, which is very long term, um, and then the type of maintenance you need to address those issues, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, trauma is my specialty. So I have a lot of clients that come to me because of physical, sexual, emotional abuse. And then I do premarital counseling and I do like regular couples therapy. So my husband and I, we were in premarital counseling and now we're in regular counseling for maintenance. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong, but we go once a month Mm -hmm. to, to talk about whatever, right? Versus, so that is, maintenance and it's acute it's very short term right very brief versus chronic if you feel like you are about to divorce someone Mm -hmm. you live with them but you don't want to live with them then you might need to go to therapy weekly right um so depending on like the level the level of um risk a client who is feeling suicidal and wants to harm themselves should probably be in therapy weekly Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. versus a client who's struggling with adjustment let's say you got a new job or you lost a job Mm -hmm. um you don't really need weekly therapy per se you may can come every other week or every three weeks you know so understanding and and your therapist should be able to talk to you about that like what level you're at and why Mm -hmm. um and if they're not talking to you about it asking them Mm -hmm. you know i think we just get kind of comfortable with um oh this is a weekly or a bi-weekly thing and i i feel like i need to talk to you i want to talk to you right now so this is so I'm gonna be there, but yeah, we all we 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 gotta know our risk level, and and even with like people who, if you're taking medication, you need to be seeing somebody regularly. Yeah, you know, I mean, some and it's I, I there's like a shortage of psychiatrists here or something. I don't know. So a lot of my clients are like getting medication from their primary care doctor, which is a whole nother segment. But then they tell me like, oh yeah, I haven't seen anybody in quite some time, and I'm like, hmm. So who's following you taking these meds? Like, right. who, and then they'd be on like six know, different meds. Yeah. And they're all like counteracting each other. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. something. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Mitch. I actually have a question. Go ahead. Perfect. So we were talking about suicide earlier. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about putting on this faith and not letting people in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to bring that back to the African-American community because, you know, we love to say, oh, we don't kill ourselves. We don't do stuff like that. Mm, mm-hmm. Which is not true. It's <laughs> not. It's not. And I feel like we're rising. I feel like the numbers are rising mm-hmm. very steadily. Um, a lot of the recent, like, very young children, I feel like, mm-hmm. have been African-American children. And, like, um, elementary school. Yeah, age. like, you know, eight, scary. nine. Like, it's super scary. As a parent, it's super scary. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know... Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, again, because we know the stories. We know, like Killmonger said on Black Panther, Mm -hmm. like, we were jumping from the boat. Like, you know, people have been like, I'm not going to live in this pain. Yeah, I'm not going to live in this fear, like, for a very long time, you know. And I think we have to be clear. Like, I know people have 
very different thoughts and feelings about suicide in general. Um, one of my clients actually sent me this thing she had found where the person was like, you know, when a building's on fire, mm -hmm. the person who is about to jump out of the window is still afraid to fall, mm -hmm. but they're more afraid of what's happening in the building. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is. Like, it's that's not good... this like, oh, I'm, you know, fuck it. It's hard. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, it's this like, I like the fire mm -hmm. is burning me. I feel like I need to jump out of the building. Like, um, and we can have our feelings about that. If, yeah. you know, being someone who is, you know, experienced, you know, secondary, not like a immediate person to mm -hmm. me, but the secondary experience of having someone commit suicide is hard. And it feels very unfair to the people who are left behind. Yeah. So I'm not in any way saying, oh, you should, you know, not be angry or not go through mm -hmm. your own feelings about it because of the choice they made. But they were not just like, diddly daddling around mm -hmm. and then and we're like eh, overnight this is tough process. i don't do yeah. it I, right it's usually something they have struggled with for a really long time i saw a friend i saw a friend from new york post and and i know she posted it because i think her brother attempted suicide mm -hmm. and she says she's tired of people saying it's very selfish so we do you know again exposure i don't have twitter because i don't like people's opinions like you gotta know yourself <laughs> you gotta right, know right, you know right. what i mean like and twitter is just people's opinions yeah, right absolutely. so n now with the media and the access we we get to see people's very brutally honest thoughts about things and they're not always pleasant thoughts but i will say um like you mentioned um us making light or minimizing suicide is not the answer suicide is a learned behavior mm -hmm. there's nothing genetic about it but if you take a look at your family and the history and and if you encounter a person where other people in their family have committed suicide you may see that they start thinking that like man that may work mm -hmm. because i've noticed that it's worked in this situation this situation in this situation mm -hmm. so it is a learned behavior and it is unfortunately i had i have a i had a new teenage client this week um who was saying something to me about cutting and I, i'm always you know oh okay where'd you learn about that because that's not something we're born knowing right right, right. and she's like yeah, when I was in middle school, like, all the 13-year-olds were cutting. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, where did they... You know, it's 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 us being curious as adults to figure out, okay, where are they learning this from? And what type of education do I, do I need to provide to prevent this? Mm -hmm. And not this um, sense of, oh, it's not happening, or, oh, it's, they're, they're too young to think about it. Mm -hmm. Because it is happening at a younger and younger age. Absolutely. And I think people have to learn how to respond. I yeah. think... Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love the red table with mm -hmm. Jada Peek and her daughter yeah. and her her mother. Um, and Willow recently revealed that she cut. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were like, I don't think they really reacted like they should have. But they were really just like, wait. Yeah. I didn't know. They were, and then they were like, tell us more. Yeah, they we were had no idea. Right. But if yeah. you respond, you know, people was like, I would freak out. And I was like, and then they're going to shut and down. And she's never going to tell you anything else. Like, and she was mm -hmm. saying four years mm -hmm. ago when I was struggling, I cut for a minute, then I realized mm -hmm. that's not how I want to live, and I stopped. Like you're saying, and like I think you have if that Jada had spazzed questions. out, like it would have looked yeah. differently. Right. And understand that when people, when you do that, that visceral reaction, it's not about what the other person is doing. It's about that's you. about your inability <laughs> to handle your discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like, what is you freaking out? Do like, how does that help? that person at all like yeah. I think it really fascinates people um you know I try to do things differently with my son and I don't know I could be messing it all up we'll see it's he'll be grown there. one day um but what I know is the fact that I have really honest conversations with mm -hmm. him 
keeps him coming back for more really yeah. honest conversations. Versus feeling shut down. Right. And so people will, um, like, so my son is obsessed with Hamilton. Like, mm-hmm. he loves Hamilton. But Hamilton's got some, a lot of adult scenes in mm-hmm. it. Um, and he'll be like, you know, in the very first song, it's like moved in with a cousin. The cousin committed suicide. And he was mm-hmm. like, what's that? It's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he has asked me what it is. Mm-hmm. And I need to calm down like you know what I mean I need to not make this about me I need to like think about who is my audience Mm -hmm. a six year old um, a very intelligent six year old but a six year old nonetheless um, and explain it to him in a way that he feels like he's fulfilled Mm -hmm. he's got enough or he at least knows he can ask more questions Um, but I'm not like Burdening him, right? And, and right. it's a balance. It's a if balance. You don't, he's going to go try he's to find the answer try to somewhere find else. Yeah. I think and you would rather have given him that answer versus him looking it up or going to someone else who might feed him a negative version. Or, a lot of people mistake, live I think in we this make with sex. Like I think with with sex, all like, of those like things. so many. Yeah, but I think like they just get so uncomfortable. I'm like, tell the child what is happening. Yeah, like it's sex. Sex is happening. And I feel like that creates right a relationship there. for when your child is older. They'll right. come back to you when that you're adults. Also, with can stop a lot of molestation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens in families because if you never explain what it is, and there's another person telling them this is what they're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing, they go along with it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you hear a lot of people's stories saying, for a long time, I never knew what I was doing was right. sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's they're because not nobody. And it's a game, yeah. our special time. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that was my mom's biggest, one of her biggest battles with her mama was that she was like, this is your vagina. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was like, lie, that's the part of pocketbook. She was like, no, no that's a pocketbook. you need to call it what That it is, is your vagina. Yeah. Like, that is Using what that is. Names. You need to give it the proper name. And then when I worked at DSS, um, after I graduated from undergrad, like, we would see cases be thrown out. Because the kid was calling it like something my poo poo or my yeah. my ice cream or something, and th- so they couldn't, you know, a, a horrible attorney used that to be like, oh, well, how do we know what it really was? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, but my mom was like, nope, that's what that is. That's what a man has. That's how that works. Like yeah. she wanted me to have the real information. She's like, what she calls it when she gets older is on her. I want her to know what it's actually called. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so important. It's really language. Important. Yes, communication and talking Language to people. Yeah. What do you think people are afraid of that keeps them from being able to talk to people? It's their own discomfort. Mm-hmm. When I do, um, I used to do parenting classes in L.A. When I talk to parents and they have to have these hard conversations, I said the first thing you need to do is acknowledge that you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You can say to your child, like, this is really hard for me to talk about, but because I care about you, we're going to talk about it, right? I think that's a huge piece because they're so uncomfortable and they don't want to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for them to move forward with Mm -hmm. the conversation. And it's like, be honest and say like, man, this is one of the hardest conversations I've had to have, Mm -hmm. but we're just going to struggle through it together. You know what I mean? Because my grandma was the same. She didn't talk to my mom and my aunts about things. Like no one knew what anything was right and even right. now like my grandma's very you know if you say certain things she's like no 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 don't say that and i'm just like girl you and i are both adults at right. this point like right you know but i think it's 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 that discomfort and then it's that denial like you mentioned if i talk about it it's gonna happen mm-hmm. that's not true right um <laughs> when you don't talk about it they're hearing it from their peers right because the you don't you don't have control over how their peers are being raised mm-hmm. so you don't know what's going on in their own homes so i think 
that's the the biggest thing is their own discomfort and then to just denial absolutely yeah and i think i wonder so that um that um oh what was it like i guess it was memes mm-hmm. of how each zodiac sign apologizes mm-hmm. and it was just jokes about how none of us can apologize for real but i have people who are like yeah i don't know how to apologize and i've experienced people who don't like i think there's a discomfort oh, in i know being like a lot of i messed many. up <laughs> and i need to circle back to you yeah. but i don't know how to do that so i'm just not gonna circle back like and you know what i want I want to disconnect it to forced apologies when you're a child. Like, you know, oh. you be forced to be like, say you're sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. But you you know you didn't really mean it. If you hit that kid, you yeah. hit him. Right. And that's what you wanted to do yeah. at that time. So, like, these forced apologies. So, when you are in a situation where you might want apologies, like, well, I don't know how to just say I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I don't really know how to assess what I'm sorry for or what about. Mm-hmm. I also think it's because parents don't apologize to their kids or people, yep. adults in oh, general you know, don't apologize to, say, to their kids. I don't have to apologize kids. to you. I'm the right. adult. Mm-hmm. But what and does so that say when a child is being molested? Absolutely. When it's an adult. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think we don't model for people how we to don't. do the things. And so, therefore, they grow up and they don't know how to do them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Carter apologizes really well because his mama had to apologize to him <laughs> yeah. a lot because I be messing up. Yeah. And But I've just been like, but that one was on me. Mama was wilding. Yeah. My bad. Like, what do we need? What do we need for this? But what? again, you mentioned modeling and that's so important. Mm-hmm. But you're only able to apologize because you're comfortable enough with yourself. Right. right? Because I've done my work. Yeah. Because I've sat so if you, on the if couch. You yeah, if you haven't. <laughs> Get your ass on the couch. Yeah, if you haven't done the work, no, you can't apologize. I I had a client tell me she's never been wrong. I said, in your wow. whole life? That's she's like, no. I said, hmm. <laughs> I was like, are you Jesus? And Look, she just right. busts out laughing. And I was like, I just don't, I've never met anybody that's never done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I said, is it that you haven't done anything wrong or do you only surround yourself with people that tell you what you want to hear? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be around no yes man. Right. Look at Kanye, she, y'all. But I think she people do want to be around oh, yeah. yes men. I think, pe- again, it, it feeds the they ego. don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So everybody telling them yes completely takes that off the plate, off the, you know, out of the scenario. I think that's part of what's wrong with celebrity now yep. is that there's no one telling you, like, mm. you, you messing up. I think you can tell a very clear difference between celebrities who have real people in their lives mm-hmm. and, they can't. and celebrities mm-hmm. who don't. Like, Oprah, I feel like Gail be like, bitch, well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you Gail know what I mean? go to an interview. You see, right. she said, I think, yeah, Oprah smoked. Yeah, like, yeah. she's out here. You ain't like, supposed to put all of that. <laughs> absolutely. Like, come on now. Right. <laughs> I, but you need those people to be like, I actually don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, everybody can't be on your payroll. Everybody can't be in your ear patting you on the back. Um, I talk, that's all you got, then you don't have any friends. That same client that said that to me, I said, so tell, you've had trouble growing, right? Because if you've never been wrong, that mm-hmm. means you've never been uncomfortable, and that means you've missed a lot of opportunities right. for growth. And she's just looking, and I was like, huh, I wish I could be you. <laughs> don't have no wrongs. Mm-hmm. And you just sit quietly. Right. right. Therapeutic silence. Okay, therapeutic silence. Which y'all, some the things that you see in therapy, like you can use them in your adult life. Like I use therapeutic (laughs) silence in my personal life (laughs) all the time, and everybody's just looking at me, and I'm just like, "Mm." like that was said, that happened. I'm going out. And then they really keep looking. I start looking too. I'm like, well, shit, what are we looking? (laughs) What are we looking for? Okay, we call it a Nestle Raven at work. Right. I'll have a vision "Hmm." quick. Yeah. Zone out. <laughs> exactly. I remember yeah. when that's so that's so mm-hmm. Oh, Raven. I've never seen an episode of that. In it's very life. corny. I don't really like Raven. Oh, we're not gonna do this. But okay. I'm just like, no, she's problematic. She's problematic. But, but I like that she's not afraid to say things out loud. True. Mm, I don't know. 
to an extent. I mean, to an extent. I don't know. I, want I think Trump it's about delivery. Stop, stop saying things out loud. So sometimes yeah. the people shouldn't say things. But out I feel loud. like she puts things at a. She wants feedback, like a discussion, hmm. depending on her platform. Gotcha. I don't follow her enough to weigh yeah. in. I, yeah, I don't know what she's doing now. She just, I, I, okay, and maybe this is my bias. I will own it. Um, I want black people mm-hmm. to be black. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I feel like she's one of those who's like, well, you know, I don't really see color. Well, guess what? They see your color, sis, and you black. And I know you're biracial, and I get that, and that's not a dig on if you're biracial. You love all the parts of you. Everybody love all the parts of mm-hmm. you. And you are a person of color, yeah. and you need to embrace that because that is a part of your story. Like, like again, like it's you trying to create privilege where there is none <laughs> by trying to opt out. Bitch, you can't opt out. You black. Yeah. If they swoop down, like if Trump mobilizes the racists, they coming for your black ass too. Yeah. And don't get on the boat with me, bitch, because I'm gonna be like this whole says she wasn't black. I'm not sharing she can't my sit with us. I'm not sharing my legs, my space on the boat with this chick. I'm not, not doing Trump it. Like when that when the racism when the racists mobilize, you need to know really clearly who you are. I'm just saying, like I just I just struggle with that in general. Just you gotta people know your strengths and weaknesses. Who can't own parts of their story mm-hmm. and can't embrace themselves as for who they are. And I'm not biracial, so I don't know that toil, that struggle. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I know there are white people out here who see bad things that happen to black people, and they're like, "Oh, that's horrible." So for you to have a drop of black blood and be like, "Well," Like, I'm immediately done. And I feel like she does that <laughs> when it's convenient for her to do it. I feel like sometimes she's all in, and sometimes she's like, well, you know, maybe. And I'm like, no, sis. Right is right, wrong is wrong, and you black. And when people are doing bad things to black people, you should say, oh, that's a bad thing you're doing to black people. Hmm. I just feel that way. You know, fight me. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Earl and I will be having more Raven Simone conversation no. later. I just don't know of any situation where she's been like where somebody's been in a wrong. Gotcha. It's but been, she gonna say she say some problematic. Right. I agree. And it's, and this is all based off of that little bit of time I watched her on the View. That you know it don't, don't like take a lot. You know show. I cancel people quick. Like you it know don't I take can't a do the little talk shows. Yeah. So that that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Like she would say things. Whoopi would say stuff, and she'd be like, "Well, I don't know. You know, I don't see color." And Whoopi be like, "Bitch." No, yeah. So yeah, so there's that part. I like Whoopi. Yeah. Yes. I like Whoopi too. So yes, um, we kind of were just all over the place about um, our history and stuff, but I like it. I feel like what we said was more interesting in general. Um, but we do encourage you. Of course, we'll always have our resources in a little bit, but we encourage you to be constantly, um reading and learning mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what's happened in the past and what's happening in the future and what's happening right now. And like, where you fall in that. And where you fall in that because you don't know what to do if you don't know who you are. Yeah. Like, like that has to happen first. Um, I get people who come in my office and they're like, I want to be this. And I'm like, but who are you right now? Like yeah. you telling me who you want to be. And like, if you know who you really are and you embrace that person, you might not even want to be that anymore. Yeah. Like figure out who you are, where you've come from and who you are. And then you, all the other point. shit falls into place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back with our question of the day. 
All right, y'all, we're back for the question of the day. And the question that we have is, what do you do when you've been in a therapy? Mm. Bring it back. Bring it back. What do you do when you've been in therapeutic services for several years but do not feel any better? Yeah, we will allow you to go first. Okay. Um, so I definitely think we have to be constantly evaluating the relationship that we have with our therapist one of the first things I say to my client is when you leave this first session I want you to think about am I a good fit for you mm -hmm. not so much are you a good fit for me because I've already screened you right. <laughs> so right. when you leave here talk it over with friends or family or with yourself and say like man is this somebody that I can grow with and that's going to challenge me mm -hmm. um, and if you don't if you didn't feel comfortable with me then you have every right to say I'm not coming back right. you know what I mean Absolutely. I I rarely ever make a second appointment after the first um on my own it's mm. always this is your decision right you go back in you give me a call you let me know and they're like no 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 i want to come or okay let me think about it you know because i want it's 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 yours right, right. we don't go to a gynecologist that we don't like we don't go mm. to a dentist uh -oh. that we don't mm. like you know what i mean so mm. therapy is the same so if you find yourself if you even find yourself asking that question mm -hmm. then you need to evaluate the right, therapeutic right, relationship right because something has prompted you to say like hmm mm -hmm. this is not going anywhere right and i've had clients come to me saying like they were with another therapist and i always say well did you talk to them did mm -hmm. you let them know that mm -hmm. it wasn't working right that you're moving on give them that courtesy um or if they've done something eth ethically wrong that's a whole right. other conversation right. but right. I think having that conversation with a therapist um, and then making the decision to say, like, it might be time for me to move on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think realize you're putting money into this. This is right. something you're paying for. Yeah. So if it's not working for you, you need to find the next person. And I think the thing about therapy is you get to build it. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. get to see how that relationship is going to be. And I think you need to realize what is holding you. Are you mm -hmm. having an attachment to this therapist? Right. And that might be something from your past. Because mm -hmm. if you several point. years, there might be something that's not going right. And also look at the therapist. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they will be able to tell, notice if you are having changes. And if the therapist isn't bringing up, you know, something. You haven't something really, we've not, been plateauing. Yeah. Right. And this is the other thing. I, you know, I have one client and he's impacted by personality disorder. Mm -hmm. But he's the one that feels like you're in therapy forever. And I'm like, no, no, no. But their treatment goals are three to six months mm -hmm. in outpatient yeah. therapy. So when, when I hear people say, oh, I've been in therapy for years, I'm like, what treatment modality are they using? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, are you on weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, right. every other month? Like, what, what goals have you set? what progress have you made mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then if you if there's no goals and there's no no check-ins then you got to do some evaluation right absolutely yeah and i think honestly like therapists have different specialties they mm -hmm. have different abilities mm -hmm. and maybe what you're trying to do doesn't what you need to work on doesn't fit for that therapist right. they don't have the ability like if you have some very deep trauma you might need emdr mm -hmm. right like that talk therapist is never going like unless they go get the training they're never going yeah. to be able to provide you that and so um <clears throat> it's weird though i do know people who stay with doctors with dead like like when Not they're when like i had a feelings. friend who like every time they would go for their like year annual exam with their gynecologist they would do this weird thing where they'd be like tickle tickle like when they would like scope them and it would like super creep them out and i was like you don't like, do, you don't do you, have to do go you need back. me to like Google it for you? Like right. we can literally. She's like, I've been going there for years. I'm like, you Who can stop cares? right now. 
sometimes people do feel like especially an obligation mm-hmm. with therapy in particular because there's such a relationship built in regards to you see this person you mm-hmm. talk you know I don't go to my gynecologist but once a year or my dentist twice a year you know those kind of things you see a therapist for a long time then you don't want you know what I mean like I yeah. think sometimes people feel like there's a relationship there mm-hmm. that's not really there mm-hmm. but they then are being loyal to it which could also be something that you probably need to be addressing in your goals mm-hmm. because I bet that shows up in your life in other places. And your mm-hmm. therapist should always be talking about discharge at some right. point. That should yeah. be a conversation mm-hmm. that's brought up early on, like what it's going to look like. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I think, you know, you need to have a conversation with your therapist. Because um, first of all, have you told your therapist this? I feel like I've been seeing you consistently mm-hmm. for this many years and I don't feel better. Um number one you need to have that conversation and Mm -hmm. then i mean just see what's out there like i'm I'm the one who's always like you could always say no so like apply for the job (laughs) go to the interview you know do this thing check this out you can always say no Mm -hmm. um once you get into it um but just see what else is out there because maybe there's something different that you need right and what you need is your healing right and if you're not getting it then yeah you gotta you gotta fight for you all right, so um, one more quick break, and then we'll be back with That's Not a Thing. Um, that's not a thing. All right, we're back with That's Not a Thing. Earl, what you okay, got? so I went to Texas Charlotte last night. Mm. Super crowded. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Is it going on today? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, went out there last night. It's crowded. Right. Expect that. It's hot. Right. Expect that. Prepare for it. What is not a thing for me is when you know it's crowded in this spot and the lines are blending, but you see us walking through, this lady walked up to me. Literally, you and me. Mm-hmm. I'm standing there because I'm trying to walk through. Right. She goes, are you in line? <laughs> no. Literally places her, she's pretty much tries to move me out of the way. I said, but that doesn't mean you get to just push me out the damn way. Right. And my mom was like, <laughs> and her husband and I was like, yeah, that we're walking through. Right. You need to get your ass out the way. My mom's, you know, my mom will go off right. too. But right. I'm looking like, are you, am I? <laughs> you see me? You know, I look my favorite. I got a, Do you see me? I know I'm skinny as hell. But that don't, come on now, it's hot. Right. I'm sweating. I know you ain't transparent. I know you can't phase through me. I know last time I checked, I'm not a mutant. Right. I wish I'm not. I don't have no powers, but this mouth. I'm just like, are you, come on. First off, the line was all the way back. I mean, y'all, literally, it was like, and then it was people behind us. And she's just like, okay. Yeah. Rudeness is not a thing. Rudeness is not a thing. Although white privilege is a thing, it's not a thing in my world. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. I combat it. Right. Every day. And Every I call day. it out. Which I feel like that is one of the ones that boggles my mind. So I went to, and maybe it was our fault. Let me just say it might have been our fault for thinking we were young. Because I just wanted to do hood rat things with my friends. But we went to the Migos Oh, Future I remember this. At the um, PNC. So it's an outside venue for everybody from now. I like PNC. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were on the lawn. Um, You know, we're older, we're more adult, more mature. So we had our chairs, a whole setup. And I was baffled by the number of white children who tried to walk through us. Like there were literally like all the black people, the older black groups came together. Like we'd all know each other, but we all sat together. So there were like, like four rows of chairs. And we're also standing up because it's a concert. 
and these like kids would just start walking towards me and I'd be like there's like there are people like you mm-hmm. can't like there we can't and they would like just kind of like keep trying I was like little boy like you can't like or or just cut through the like they were just trying to walk through the little skinny aisles of our chairs instead of walking around. I was like, yeah. Do you and we eventually were just like, no, you not. And they were like, come on, dude, little boy. I will. That happened a few weeks ago. I went to Atlanta. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. We're at a party, shoulder to shoulder with a friend, and this girl thought she was Moses. Right, and she just because she walk saw her through. friend behind her. She's like, hey, and she did this, and my friend was like five feet. Right, and I was just like, pull her back around, say, hey. hey. Right, you like felt us, right? Here. You had to feel like us, the heat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't and even getting notice. on and off things too. Like, have y'all ever noticed that? Like, when you're riding the trade, and like, y- y'all, okay, maybe y'all don't know. Maybe y'all Manners. don't know. That's like elevators. the etiquette is to let the people who are on the thing get off, <laughs> get off first. first yeah. So if you're at the elevator and there are people on the elevator, let them get off and then you get on. <laughs> if you're on the train, let them get off and then you get on. Right. When they try to like walk through you to get on the train, it's like I like there is a space for you. Once you're I You're actually off, taking my spot. Like yeah. move, like it just, oh, it just runs all up and through me. So if you are listening to this and you can check any of these boxes, stop it, because that's not a thing. Sorry, that wasn't even my rant, but it, I, so ooh, like I it tears you. my nerves up. Yes. Do you want to go next, Alicia? Mm, give me some time. Okay. I'm not a ranter, but let me just think. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I have. Uh, I'm debating on where I want to go. Uh oh today you know you be having them um, so I, what i want to say and i'm gonna try to be generic what <laughs> i want to say is um if you are not going to be one of the helpers then don't be one of the harmers hmm. in any situation if you don't have the money or the energy or the empathy mm-hmm. or the give a fuck to help then just sit in the back and be quiet. Mm-hmm. But you can't not help and have an opinion <laughs> and hurt people mm-hmm. and then think people ain't going to have a reaction That's to you. Point. I just... So just pick your lane. Like, all you got to do is pick your lane and then just gingerly drive down that bitch <laughs> until your exit. That's all you got to do. So if your lane is, I don't want to help, then just get in the I don't want to help lane, put your music on, put on a podcast. We just hats off to elephants in the room, therapy for black girls. Like get get an audio book going and just cruise down your lane. Mm-hmm. But you can't be over here driving in your lane and then be like, ooh, something over there interests me and I want to know about it. And then you merge across all the traffic just to dabble because you don't care for real. Causing power. You just want to <laughs> dabble and then merge back real quick and then get offended when they're like, don't come back over here. Like, if you don't want to help, then just don't be one that harms. That's, that's all okay. And that's actually you helping. That's By right. staying out of the way. Be right. quiet. Hmm. All the seats are available for you to take them. Have them all. You are so funny. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Thing. So, yeah. 
And like I tell people when I do presentations and stuff, I'd be like, if that ran all through you, I'm probably talking about you. <laughs> Don't look in the mirror. If that really made you feel some type of way and you've already started filling me out on the evaluation <laughs> about how I suck, it's probably because it's your truth and you should just sit in it for a second. What did Auntie say? Iyanla? Look in the mirror and, and slap, slap the, the first, first person, you, person see? you see. That's my favorite. Yeah, she's problematic. Terrible. But that look yourself, look in the mirror and slap the first person you see. And have a wake up call. Yes, that's like sometimes you need it. I'm just saying because that's not a thing. Just get in your lane. What you got, Alicia? Um, I think I'll just say you know I remember when my great when my great grandma passed away and I was younger and when she was alive, um, me and my grandma used to like do for her, take care of her, blah blah blah. So we were obviously sad when she passed away. But there are some people who were trying to get in the casket mm. with her. They were just so broken up. They were so hurt. But a lot of it was guilt because mm. when she was alive, um, there you, you, weren't, you weren't around. Mm. And so I think, you know, I just want to remind people that while people are living and breathing and you have access to them like tell them that you appreciate them mm -hmm. like don't wait until something bad happens and then you crying and you can't get a hold of yourself and mm -hmm. you cut you know mm -hmm. because a lot of that is just a guilt right. so that, just really me. that usually causes people. you to merge into other lives. that reminds me of imitation of life right right mm -hmm. exactly don't run and pull the flowers off her pretty casket yeah. and holler at her now like yeah. she was trying to be your mama all them 23 years she was trying to be a yeah. white woman so like I let her rest now let yeah. her rest now i think we definitely have to tell people we appreciate them and we love them while we can right right mm -hmm. i do also think that if you like created space for a reason you don't then get to negate that by your actions when someone passes like you know right. what I'm saying? like if you were like look this isn't healthy so i'm gonna create space right, and right. then something happens like this is not an opportunity for you to swoop back in <laughs> and like like act like you didn't create space like mm -hmm. if you did something for you like you can mourn them and right. still be like and this this behavior was the reason why we were disconnected right, right. you know what i mean like and, and yeah like both of those things can live in the same space they can coexist, yeah, they can coexist. Yep. so and usually that'll keep you in your lane i'm telling y'all your lane i like my lane do y'all like your lane I, maybe people don't like to be in their lane people i, don't know what I lane love is. to like mind yeah. my business I'm and That's just less just, stress. It's right. <laughs> when you finally get there and get comfortable with it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. So, yeah. So that is um, our advice uh, for, uh, or I mean, that's our thoughts. Um, <laughs> that's not a thing, not our advice. Um, all right, guys. So we have our resources and our quotes. Uh, Alicia has a book for us. The Body Keeps the Score. I've heard a lot about it mm -hmm. uh, one of my friends who's a therapist read it and I actually haven't ordered it yet but she said that it would be really good for people breaking things down mm -hmm. so people can kind of understand it's right. really you're reading good. it now I'm right? about halfway through yeah. and it's one of those books that you have to really it's not something like, I'm gonna read this in two three days like you really gotta yeah, you sit gotta down and dissect and take in because right. yeah. he covers all aspects from medical to psychological yeah. to physical the same with um the woman that runs with wolves mm. so I'm that's a really that. good one for um you know if you're in the middle of something and you're trying to like build up mm -hmm. like that's it but that's also a highlight okay. stop yeah. take notes yeah I'm about halfway through this is my second time reading it it's mm. my first time reading it 
like in my own practice, really understanding trauma. I read it before in grad school and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And mm -hmm. I don't think it was permeated. Now that I work with trauma mm -hmm. and all these, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it's a good read for where I am now. Um, it's by Bessel van der Kolk. Let mm -hmm. me just say, <laughs> that the man is a wee bit problematic. Like he yeah. just got kicked out of his institute for being, you know, possibly like sexually aggressive or mean. I think he's just mean. Like apparently he's just not a nice person and they asked him to leave. So if you Google him, you might see some things. That ain't the book though. Like the book is good. Just read the book. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Just the book is, the, the work in the book is, is thorough and good. So there's that. All right, what else you got, Earl, for resources? So we're also going to be, as Alicia brought up earlier, I'm going to attach a feelings chart. So that's so we can just get past the I'm angry, I'm sad, mm -hmm. I'm mad. It's going to break it down so you can never say I don't know. Right, absolutely. And then start practicing. Y'all's homework is to practice. So using yeah. the when mm -hmm. you I feel from now on yes. or just the I feel, please don't, or, you know, whatever you need. But start really identifying i love what alicia said earlier about tracking your moods mm -hmm. and getting really clear about what's triggering you like what's going on for you that's causing you to feel like this fluctuation if that's what it is or the stagnation if that's what and it when is. you do that and you make let's say you do make the decision to go to therapy you you can be very clear with the therapist about right. i noticed Da, 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 da. and the, your therapist is going to be like right we love that information yeah because that it helps good, us it's good to know yeah <laughs> absolutely so yeah so we also have two james baldwin quotes because i mean it's james baldwin um this is one of my favorite quotes uh our crown has already been bought and paid for all we have to do is wear it and i really love that quote especially what we're talking about today like people have sacrificed and died for you to have the opportunity to live well. And so getting really clear about what living well really is, mm -hmm. and then, you know, demanding that of yourself and of those around you, that you're not gonna allow people in your life that don't, you know, encourage you to live well. You're not gonna do things to yourself that don't encourage you to live well. If you're not able to do that on your own, you're gonna seek help so that you can learn how to live well because mm -hmm. your crown has already been bought and paid for. You just have to put it on. I like that. Mine is um, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless it's faced. Right. So it's, it's again, it's just, we can't change everything, but there has to be this level of acknowledgement first mm -hmm. before you can begin to change anything. Mm -hmm. 100%. All right, guys. Well, um, check us out on all the things. We're going to let Alicia go first. How can people get in touch with you? Like, what's two elephant in a room, two elephants in a room? Like, mm -hmm. where they find the podcast, all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, our Instagram, <coughs> Facebook um, is two elephants in the room. Yeah, at two elephants in the room. You can number two, right? Yeah, the number two. You can DM us. DM us. I think you can email us too, like right from Instagram. Um, and the same for my practice, Building Endurance PLLC, is that on Instagram and that on Facebook. Yep. And you know, like, share, subscribe, both of mm -hmm. them. Go on, subscribe, mm -hmm. like, share, comment. Give us all our stars. You know, if you have negative things to say, send them to us. Don't give us one star because you got an attitude. Use your words and we'll talk about it. Don't, Don't be messing you. with our perfect score, though. Um, but, yeah, you can find uh, Hats Off Podcast on Instagram at Hats Off Podcast CLT and at Hats Off Podcast um, on Facebook and Twitter. 
Yes, you can follow our personal pages. My Instagram is easy.ecm. That's E-A-Z-Y period E-C-M. I am Courtney Leak LCSW on Instagram and Facebook, and then Courtney LCSW on Twitter. Also, go ahead and send those questions over to hatsoffpodcast at gmail.com. We love your question of the day segments. Keep them coming, but also check out our social media kit link that is right below. Book us. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Alicia, thank you so yes. much. It's been good. You um, are hilarious. Thank you, um, little babies, for joining us um, as well. Mm-hmm. The babies provided all kinds of, you know, support and information, too. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. they feel what mommy feels. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, guys, we hope y'all have an amazing week. And until next time, be you. Be true. Hats, Hats off. off. Hats off is brought to you by Earl Martin and my mommy, Courtney Leak. And I'm Carter. <laughs>